0: But today, we are in our summer series called Life Verses. And, you know, at the beginning of the summer, you begin to think about, what do you think about? I think about, like, what trips... I might be going on, or how I might be able to get out of town and, you know, have a fun time with me and my wife, or go up to the mountain and go hiking on the weekends, and you begin to think and dream about things that you're going to do that are going to take you away from your regular routine, maybe, that you have during the rest of the year. And so at the beginning of the summer, we were just thinking, what can we do— to really instill and foster in our lives a, a love of Scripture and a desire that we would be in the Word on a daily basis so that we can stay rooted in scripture, even when we might not be here on Sundays because we're out of town, or we might have trips that are taking us away, or we might be on missions trips for like that. He's gone for a whole month. But what can we do to stay rooted in Christ and be choosing to let our lives kind of grow from that idea? And so we wanted to talk about this topic of life verses. And so when you're um. When you're going through your daily life, it's important to know like what makes you who you are. It's important to think about what am I going to choose to base every decision of my life by? How am I going to choose to live my life? We're all faced with decisions on a daily basis, even an hourly or minute by minute basis, where there's things that we're deciding. And if they don't come out of a core value or belief in what you know to be true, then oftentimes you'll find yourself going right this way, left the other. And then you begin to just go, you look back on your life and man, I've just taken a roller coaster. And so one of the things that when we live our lives according to scripture, when we choose to let our lives be based upon the love of Christ, then we begin to look back and see a guiding force that has been guiding us through our very life. And I'm not saying that, that you can still look back and see a roller coaster, because sometimes God takes you to some fun adventures and things like that. But at least you know the one driving the coaster um, when you're in those things. And so our lives are founded on God. And one of the best ways to know God better is to be students of His Word. And so we, uh, we challenged everyone at the beginning of this Life Versus series Three simple things, and so the first one was to just be in Scripture daily over the course of the summer, to challenge yourself to be a part of Scripture and opening up your word each morning and letting it be a part of your life. And so then the second thing we challenged is that we would begin to look through Scripture and begin to find places that really um, signify maybe a season in your life or an overarching theme of your life. And so we kind of were explaining what is a life verse. And so that's what this is, is a Scripture or a segment of Scriptures. It might be three. It could be a whole chapter. It might be a whole story from the Bible that really resonates with your life for you to say, you know what, I think that's my life verse. If I were to choose a verse out of scripture that really encapsulates what I want my life to be about, that's what this verse is. So we wanted to be in scripture daily, want to find a life verse, and then the third challenge was by the end of the summer to really challenge people to memorize that life verse. If memorizing scripture is not a practice for you currently, then maybe over the course of summer you stretch yourself and let that become a small practice that you can live out over the course of the summer. And what you'll find is when you do this, it's almost like you're writing it on your heart and it becomes something that becomes quick, recall for you in those times and moments in your life where you need it. You might go through a situation and then in the back of your head, you might say, oh yeah, like I've memorized this scripture about this topic. And so of course, you know, our brains work and we begin to think about things and we might say, oh, I remember reading that. But how much more when you can actually recite in your mind the verse that you know you've written inside of yourself. And so, um, I just want to take you on the journey of how I found my life verse. This is my, what we're gonna be talking about today is my life verse and how I found it. And then um, just like a preview about what's coming up. When Thad returns, he's gonna talk about his. And so then between now and then the three weeks in between, We'll be talking about other common verses that you'll hear people say that like they would say, this is my life verse that um, we're excited to kind of unpack and just kind of grab lessons from and how we can apply them to our lives. And so I just want to take you back to a time in my life. I was 15 and a half years old and uh, I think I was in 10th grade and I was uh, getting ready to—I had started— driver's ed, and I'm driving, and it's a tumultuous time in our house because I freaked my mom out. I'll never forget the time I pulled out of the DMV lot after getting my learner's permit. And I thought, without any training, I was gonna drive home with my mom next to me. And I about gave her a heart attack. And it was the funniest thing, she's like, she found that like hidden brake pedal that's in the passenger side. She just threw her foot through the floor, like acting like she was in power of the vehicle. But of course, I was in charge and I was loving every minute of it, trying to scare her as we were going home. And so I'm a 15 and a half years old. Uh, We're going into life, uh, going through life and going through my, um, What is Sophomore year. And I get this phone call. My sisters are home and my my mom and dad are at a doctor's appointment. And so I get this phone call from my dad and he's like, hey, don't tell your sisters, but your mom has cancer. And so it was just like one of those gut wrenching phone calls that you don't ever want to get. And maybe you've been in that situation. That's the phone call nobody wants to hear. That's the appointment nobody wants to be at in the doctor's office when they like tell you, you know what, I hate to tell you, but you have this thing growing inside of your body. Because really it's like something that happens in a moment, but it means something about your life is gonna change. And so as we um, begin to process this as a family about what um, life was going to be like from here, we uh, were really just challenged to trust in God. And so I remember at this time in my life, I was part of a youth ministry. Um, I, I was, had a youth pastor that just loved to encourage the students and a lot like John does for us here at Open Life and had different leaders in my life speaking into me. And I just remember being so mad at God in these moments about how all of my life was gonna change and having to walk through this. And so one of the things that happened is you run towards scripture, You begin to open up the word and say, God, like, what am I going to try and learn from this situation? And so what popped out is this verse that just constantly I would come back to and just say, you know what, that really resonates with my life during this time in my life. And so I want to read it for you today. It's Psalm 41 through 3, and it says this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. And so for me, when I first read that and began to process and think about that verse, it just became like a heart's cry to God about the things that were going on in my life. And specifically, I just loved the first verse where it said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned to me and heard my cry. That became just my choice to like live my life with patience and trust in God. Just say, God, I think you're hearing me and I'm gonna keep praying and I'm gonna keep crying out to you. And so as we, I grow older and begin to go to college and then get married and then go through different things that are happening through life, what's been very cool and very awesome about having a life verse and having this thing rooted inside of your heart is that you find opportunities and times in your life where you go through different struggles, different trials, and you say, God, I choose to wait patiently for you in this moment. I'm going to continue to cry out to you. And over and over, you begin to hear how God speaks into your life, and He begins to encourage you through these things. And so, I remember as uh, later that year, when I first found out about my mom's diagnosis, we, there, we were encouraged to be a part of this thing called Fine Arts Festival, and. Um, I was encouraged to do like a short sermon. It was a five-minute sermon. And so everyone here is probably like, oh, that would be awesome if we only did five-minute sermons. But I remember having this like script memorized to the second of uh, to be under the, you know, if you go over, you get deducted a bunch of points. You're judged on this and critiqued. And so I remember I used this verse as the message for my short sermon, just talking about how God challenged me to trust him in this moment of my life, and it was an amazing thing. Um, just getting back from the Dominican Republic, later later on in my life, between um, my freshman and sophomore year of college, I actually was able to go to the Dominican Republic on a missions trip, and so I remember sitting in this really hot Church that was uh, the the sanctuary was upstairs in this church, and i 'm just sweating like nobody 's business in this little church, even like the condensation from everyone else 's sweat was dripping on the walls because it was tile, and it was the grossest thing you 've ever been a part of, but I remember specifically using that verse as the basis of what I wanted to share uh, to the people in this small little church. I figured that you know, I don't know a lot about their culture and I didn't know a lot about the struggles that they go with, but we can all relate when we feel like we've been in a low moment. And so that's why I wanted to communicate to these people. And so full circle, it was very interesting being in the Dominican Republic earlier this month. And again, I didn't use the verse specifically, but I was able to you know, share my heart to all these little kids in this little like sports club, just to say, you know what? We've all been in moments where we feel small, where we feel low, but God is bigger and he encourages us to do that. And so for me, this trip was just a a full circle moment where I was able to see how God has just been constantly walking through my life with a steady hand, lifting me up out of my pits, out of the times where I feel stuck, and just how he's encouraged me to keep singing, to keep proclaiming his love so that others can be encouraged as well. And so really, it becomes a daily reminder of how we can live our lives. When you have these verses written on your heart, Deep down inside of you, it changes the way you live on a daily basis. And so today, our big idea, we're going to just talk about a big idea and some thoughts that kind of come from this verse and how we can find other verses that help support it and talk about how we can be encouraged. But the big idea today is that God is with us in our lowest moments. And so I want to encourage you today, maybe you're in a moment of your life or a season where you just feel you're in a low moment. God is with you. Maybe it's something that's outside of your life, outside of the decisions that you've been making in your life. God is with you. Maybe you put yourself in your low moment. Maybe you're stuck because you made a bad decision in the past. God is with you in your low moments. And so... I just wanted to kind of talk about three thoughts that can help us when we're in these lowest moments. They all come from this verse and they've encouraged me when I've been in these low moments of my life. And so in our lowest moments, we need to, thought one, the first one is to remember hope. And so for me, this is going back to my, my verse and this remembering that he says, he turned to me and heard my cry. I need to remember that I have a hope in Christ and that he hears me when I cry out to him. Romans 5, 1 through 11 is a great verse that talks about this when we're going through trials and struggles. The Apostle Paul says this, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, the Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And so I find that very convicting and challenging that he would say that. How do we rejoice as well when we run into problems and trials? Other translations actually say we get to glory in our sufferings. Isn't that challenging to think that we get to actually boast, that we get to actually proclaim God's hope and love, even when we're feeling that we're in a trial or a struggle? It goes on and says, For we know that they help us develop endurance. Our problems and trials help us develop endurance. In verse 4, in endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. And so just to kind of stop and pause for a second before we read on, we need to remember hope and that hope is Jesus. Jesus is not this supplemental thing we just add to our lives to help us get through a hard time. And so I remember going through the struggle with my mom's sickness and even later on when she eventually developed a brain tumor like 14 years later is like people would often come up to me and say, well, it's so good. And most of them, they're not Christians, but it's so good that you have your faith um, in this moment of your life. And so I was like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. But for me, it's like Jesus is everything through my trial. It's not just something I added to help me get through something. It's something that I've been following, I am following, and I know I will follow. Christ is everything in my life. Because of Jesus, I get to glory in my suffering. It's not just a little um, seasoning I get to add to my life to help me through a low moment. And so it's hard for people to understand that sometimes because if they think He's God is just there to help you through low moments. And then once we're, you know, off and flying on our own, then we get to go and do our own thing. But Jesus is everything. So Paul goes on and he says this, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some one might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And so, what I love about that part of Scripture is that. God is encouraging us even when we're the ones who put ourselves in the pit that we might find ourselves in now. Is that no matter whether you feel like you're being attacked because you're sick or maybe someone made a wrong decision and it hurt you, God's going to pull you out of it. But maybe you are the one who is the harming party. God has forgiveness for you and he wants to pull you out of that pit as well. And so I'm just so encouraged by these challenges from the, the first part of the, my life verse where it says to wait patiently and continue to cry out to God. Because in our moments, sometimes we try and do everything we can to fix the situation. When what we really need to be doing is just crying out to God in this in way for his direction to lead us. How many times do we get so tired of crying out to God and we like, like, this isn't worth it. I don't know if this relationship with Christ, the things that I've been choosing to do out of this relationship is worth it because I'm not seeing anything. And so let me just encourage you, God is there waiting, continually just pushing us forward, pulling us sometimes for us to follow him in our, in our low moments. So moving on to thought two, in our lowest moments, we need to, number two, know Jesus is our rock. This kind of goes back to um, knowing that Jesus is everything. It's where in the verse it says, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along is that there is solid ground to find even in the midst of your trial. You might feel stuck like you're in, like when you go over to the verse and realize what it means, like David, the, the author of this psalm, he's saying, I'm stuck in despair and I literally feel like I can't take a step. Think of quicksand where you put a f- foot in and you just continue to sink. And how many of us are like that in our lives sometimes? Maybe you feel like that in your job, that you're just sinking and slowly, like, just turning into something you never wanted to be. God is there trying to pull you up, trying to pull you out. And so it's important for us to know that God wants to put us on solid ground and help us move forward. Matthew seven twenty four through 27 illustrates this perfect. Jesus is explaining an illustration and he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. This is like almost like a theme verse of this whole series about wanting us to root ourselves in scripture, in the solid rock and the teachings that we can find in Jesus, where we make every decision based upon the solid rock that we're choosing to stand on in Christ and taking steps forward in that. So that when you come to a job um, proposition where someone says, You know what, you can either take this job or do this. Maybe you have to move or you're going to choose to stay. You can know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you choose to offer that decision up to God, He's going to come and help you make that decision that is wise when we choose to let our lives be defined by Him and the teachings that we find from Scripture. And so you begin to think about this thought and how it plays out in our lives. And there's actually even an old hymn that was uh, basically built upon this verse that Jesus was talking about. And it's, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. It's by Edward Mote. And this is his most famous hymn that he wrote in 1834. And so I'll just read through a couple of the verses because it helps illustrate how we can let scripture like permeate our lives and help us to make different decisions. So verse one of this song, says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness hides his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. And so this songs, you begin to realize that music and worship, but the, the times we have here on Sunday mornings, when we can read these words and connect them to scripture, then we begin to connect them to our lives and we begin to live our lives differently from them. The chorus of that song says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And then uh, in a newer version by Hillsong, they used most of the same verses. Their chorus went, Christ alone, cornerstone, Weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. And so, can I just encourage you that when you're going through Scripture, the whole point of this Life Verses series is for us to let Scripture speak to our hearts to let us be in moments where we might be in crisis or we might be in a low moment or maybe in a high moment. That's a great, even a greater time to be jumping into scripture when things are going great because you're beginning to find why you've been blessed and you begin to take pride not in the things you've done, but you begin to take pride in what Jesus and God have done for you. And so we asked people here at Open Life to share their uh, life verses. And someone sent in Psalm 61 one two. And when I read it, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Because it really kind of hits scripture, hits kind of what I feel my scripture talks about. And Psalm 61 one two, says, from the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. How many times when we're in moments where our hearts are overwhelmed, should we just cry out to God and ask him to just bring us to the rock of safety in these moments? When I was dealing with my mom's sickness, my heart was overwhelmed with grief, with just this thought like, God, are you there? But God continually brought people into my life. He brought scriptures that just jumped out of the page that would restore my heart and encourage me. And in those little moments, it's like Jesus putting me on solid ground and steadying me as I walked along. The person who sent that verse in said, it helps to keep me focused on God and that he's in control. In all ways, he has proven to take me through whatever he places before me to help people focus on him and not their problems. And so I'm really encouraged by that because that goes totally back to what Paul is talking about, glorying in our sufferings. And so for context, I want to read verses one through four of Psalm 61 so you hear how that fits in. The psalmist writes, oh God, listen to my cry, hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. So this is like a huge overwhelming feeling that the author is having in this moment that from the ends of the earth he's feeling this pain in his life and it goes on lead me to the towering rock of safety for you are my safe refuge a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me let me live forever in your sanctuary safe beneath the shelter of your wings that's where God wants us to be is safe in his embrace, safe in his covering, safe in what he has taught us. And so, so many times we just need to remember, God, how am I gonna root myself in scripture when I'm tempted to run from it? Be lifted up, but also be moved forward. He has set you on solid ground and he's steadying you as you walk along. So thought number three, in our lowest moments, we need to let others see what he has done. This goes back to what the verse in Psalms 40 says, many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. And so for a young 15 and a half year old, this is so encouraging. It's so encouraging to imagine that God's gonna walk you through a situation and that in the future, Many will see what he has done through my life through my mom 's life, and be amazed and Of course, in the time I thought it was going to be through healing there's so many times that I would uh, just go before God in the altar at my old church, I would just be in my own prayer times, going to conferences. this is always at summer camps. always the prayer request I had for the speakers. God just bring healing to my mom and so For my mom's sickness, it was just this weird um, type of form of cancer that really the doctor said will never be fully healed. You'll just be in remission, but you still have to come back every, you know, six months to check to see how it's going. And so for me, it's so discouraging. And so I would literally pray, God, heal my mom so that I can be scientifically proven. And so I would pray for that over and over and over And so what you begin to think is that my vision for how people were going to be encouraged wasn't what God was going to encourage people. Sometimes people just need to see others suffering, but still holding on to Jesus. And that's what my mom's example was for me and for many other people, is that just a strong and steady trust in Jesus from the moment she was diagnosed to eventually her her death 16 years later. But when we first talked to the doctors, they literally said, you probably have two to three years to live. And so when you begin to see how God walks with us through these situations, it's a continual, slow trust in what God wants to do in our lives. It's not to say, God, I'm only going to trust you if you heal my mom or if you heal my loved one or if you get me this job or if I get this promotion or if I get the house that I'm trying for. We don't put stipulations, but we say, God, I'm going to pray for this, but I'm going to trust in you, come what may. That's what this idea and thought is. And one of the cool things when we're talking about letting others see the things that you're walking through, when we are in the Dominican Republic, there is some downtime during one of the afternoons. And so uh, Jamie, our missionary, had one of our translators actually teach us how to have just simple conversations with people to tell them about Jesus and just have them even think internally about where, where they're standing It is with God. And so I just remember being so encouraged by the simplicity of this. They just had a couple questions for us to ask people. And it wasn't like in your face, you know, I'm going to the Sounders game tonight. I always have to pass next to the guy with the bullhorn that's saying, you know, you are a sinner and you're going to hell. And I just smile. And pray for that person every time I walk by. Each time I get a little closer, and I think one of these times I'm just going to touch his shoulder and in the name of Jesus, pray for him too. But uh, it's just like this conversation we were training in is just a conversation to have a simple conversation that just asks people, you know, like, where are you standing? What do you think your, like, your relationship is with God? And so it's just a cool opportunity for us to even think about talking to other people but it can be challenging. Another time uh, she taught us how to be, um, just to share our testimony, you know, as for in the church. She's like, just think about these three questions. She said, who were you before you were following Jesus? How did you start, how did you start your relationship with Jesus? What was the circumstance in that? And then number three is, who are you now? Anytime you get over up in front of someone and you're, you know, you're asked to give a testimony or you're asked to share about Jesus, think about those three questions. Who were you? How did that change happen? And who are you now? And so what I was just encouraging people to do also is just to connect that to your life verse and share a story of why it connects with you. And you have a simple way to share what Jesus is doing. And so what I love is in 1 Peter, he actually talks about why this is important to do this. In 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16, he encourages us to do this. And he says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you, asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people And then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. And so whatever trial or circumstance you're going through, don't feel like you have to wait to be able to share your story in the midst of it. Be okay with people seeing as you struggle in your suffering, Be okay with people being encouraged by the way that you've chosen to glory in your suffering. Be okay that you've let your character grow, that you've been able to take steps in your faith, even in the midst of things looking like they're going wrong in your life. Tell your story and bring others along for the journey. And so when we think about Thad's message last week and with worry, and we think about the other things that we're talking about in this series about how scripture can connect with our lives, let's not be afraid to share and connect scripture to other people. Because sometimes the people that we come in contact with, the only sense of scripture or of truth or of Christ's love is gonna be through the relationship that they have with you. And so the more that you can connect with scripture to your life, the more that you're connecting and becoming closer to someone else that they're gonna see the love of Christ inside of you. And so whenever we can think and think about that verse to really take it as a challenge, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. What are you gonna do the next time you're sitting down for lunch in your break room and someone asks you, hey, do you go to church? Have you ever, do you believe in God? These questions, they don't come up as much anymore, probably in our culture, but even in the midst of someone, maybe you chose to make a decision through the leading of God inside of your life, and then someone asks you, why did you make that decision? Are you just gonna say, well, I feel, we felt like it was the best thing for our family, which is true. You're not lying to them. But are you going to say we felt like it was the best thing from our family because we had taken time to pray for it and we really feel like God's leading us in this movement? Maybe when you're sick and you're posting something on Facebook and you're asking people to pray for you or you're, you're just telling people about it, you add something that says, you know what, I'm putting my trust in Jesus in this moment and they're like, wow, Like that's awesome that you're choosing to trust even in the midst of this. Because I think more and more we're tempted to say, you know what, I'm going through this trial. I'm so mad at God because he put me in this moment. But sometimes if we choose to glory in our suffering, if we choose to grow and we choose to continue to trust in a slow, deliberate, consistent manner, we see the hand of God working through our lives. And so we usually end with an action point at the end of our service. But today, I just have three takeaways that coincide with our thoughts. So I want us to think about those today. They're in your notes. They're on the digital version as well. But if we would um, just kind of look at these and process them and think about them throughout the trials and the struggles that we're going through in our lives. The first takeaway is that it's okay to cry out to God in our despair. I think so many times, maybe we've been taught in the past that it's not okay to uh, share our struggles. It's not okay to, you know, even ask God why when we're in the midst of a struggle, and we think that because we might just be confused about why we're walking through a situation, why like that is happening, and we we think that we have to. Hold that in. We have to bury it and we have to hide it so that people don't look at God differently. And so what I just want to encourage you that it's okay to cry out to God in the midst of your struggles. It's okay to come to Open Life on Sundays and cry out to God for the things that you have going on in your life that you really want to see God work in. That's what we're called to do. Number two is that Jesus is the solid rock our lives are built on so that we can put our trust and our hope in him in the midst of our trial and our struggle, that we are gonna leave this place, we're gonna use this takeaway, and we're gonna live our lives differently because we're gonna go through our struggles realizing that we're still gonna be set on solid rock and God's gonna steady us as we walk along. And so then finally, number three is that our transformed lives point others to Jesus. Is that when you have chosen to follow Jesus, when you've taken the step to uh, to trust in Him, to put your trust and hope in who He is? Is that in that moment, that transformation, people can see that and walk in that and begin to even begin to examine? You know what? Do I want that for my life? That's so important for us to realize is that people are looking at us, people are seeing us, and people are being influenced by the way that we're living our lives. So in your trial, realize that you're still pointing others to Jesus. And so I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing a song of worship. And I just want you to just sit and process those things and think about that as we um, go into this time of worship and just asking God to fill our lives in our moment. Maybe you do feel like you're in a low moment. And if that's the case, I'm gonna pray for you because I've been there over and over and over. It's like where you just feel like you're stuck where you might feel like it's just dark and you can't see forward, you're in the fog and you don't know how to go forward. God wants to lift you out of that. And it's not, I mean, I always pray for it to be instantaneous and quick. I pray for healing in the name of Jesus constantly. But I also know the long 16 year healing that happens. And so if we can trust in the instant and in the long, we show others who Jesus is. And so I just want to pray for you all today. I want to worship and have a great time um, just lifting up his praise, even in in our low moments. So God, we just thank you for the time today to be in your presence. We thank you for just the hope that you have We thank you for this firm foundation that we have from your scripture, mostly God, from your love and your presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives, God. May we choose to live upon that rock. God, may we choose to walk upon that rock. God, may we begin to just hear you lead us, that we be led by you in every decision that we make. God, I pray that we begin to realize that people are looking at us. People are seeing the way that we're living. And I pray, Lord, that we would find those uh, simple, honest, casual conversations where you come up, God. May we constantly give you the credit, but we constantly just proclaim the hope that we have in you. But we always be ready to explain it. And so God, I just pray for each and every person that's in this place. I pray for people that feel like they're in a low moment. God, I pray, Lord, that they would one, be encouraged, that they too would just cry out to you for help. You hear their cries. Three, God, would they just be continue to put their their feet on your solid ground? And four, would they just proclaim you to other people? that many would see what you're doing in their life and be amazed by it. So God, that's our prayer today. As we worship God, let it be our heart's cry and let us just lift you up today in song. We ask this in your name, amen.